Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Hill. And today we're going to look at the readings for the 26th Sunday after Pentecost, where we will observe the Day of Thanksgiving. If you would like to listen to those readings, you can do so by listening to the readings podcast that was dropped previous to this. So today's gospel lesson is St. Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19, and this is the ten lepers, and Jesus heals them, and one comes back thankful that he's healed, and the others go away to the temple. This fits hand in hand with eating too much turkey, stuffing, dressing, and all the fixings. And so, Vicar, how do we tie in ten lepers, one being healed, to Thanksgiving? Well, the obvious one is that we have one leper who comes back uh, and is explicitly thankful um, by falling down and worshiping Jesus. Um, But then we have those other nine that we're left to deal with, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, But the immediate and probably most obvious connection is the one leper, the Samaritan, who does show exceeding thankfulness by coming uh, right back to Jesus or coming to Jesus for the first time, really, and uh, and worshiping him. So I want you to know that I really appreciate your answer to my question because you addressed nothing about Thanksgiving except the word Thanksgiving or being thankful. Nothing about overeating, nothing about being thankful for food. You just go right into Scripture, and I, I appreciate it very much. I don't know if that's the theologian in me or the politician, isn't it? Politicians, <laughs> yeah, don't they answer the don't answer the question. You get asked, answer the question you want. <laughs> I like it. And with that, uh, we do have a lot to be thankful, especially here in America, especially in, in all circumstances. And it's amazing that we really do take a day to stop. We have time off to gather with family, friends, and to have a meal or, or to do whatever your tradition, your family tradition is. But going back to your answer, what do we really have to be thankful for? And as we were talking before we pushed record, how how and who do we identify Mm -hmm. with in this text? And and I I wrestle with it because I know who I want to identify with. Jesus. Exactly. (laughs) I thought that was obvious. But how quickly we start, when you start looking at yourself, how quickly you realize who you are more often than not. Right. And and we can put ourselves in the situation because we have these 10 lepers here, Mm -hmm. these 10 uh, uh, presumably men who have, have nothing left to hope in. Nobody can help them. So why? Why, why is this a hopeless situation? Because they have an, uh, a, a disease that cannot be cured, so, right? Well, yeah, but what is leprosy? Uh, it, it's where you're, you're kind of white and ashy, and you've got a condition where your, your flesh is 
pretty much rotting away. There you go. You are literally rotting away. Yeah. So you're, you're basically walking around as the living dead. Uh, we just passed yeah. Halloween a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but here we have this idea of these men who are who are literally dying as they're living uh, a lot quicker than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. They're rotting away. And so they have no hope in this life. There's no doctor that can help them. There's no physical anything that can be done to get them out of this situation. And uh, there could be a tie in there with our sinful condition as we look at our our lives here in this world. Uh, We may not be rotting away in that manner, but apart from God, we're walking dead as well. Well, yeah, captive to our sin and what does sin do? It leads us to death and we are all by nature sinful and sinners, which then in turn bring us to that hope of eternal damnation. Thanks a lot, Vicar, for making that all sound nice and good. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I, I think you make a really important point, and especially with the lepers. Your, your statement, they have no hope. Um not only do they not have any hope of being cured, but they're actually ostracized. They're mm-hmm. kicked out of town because this disease is very contagious. And in fact, if you were walking anywhere near people, you had to announce you are a leper so that they could avoid you and not worry about uh, contracting this disease. You would have to, anytime you saw someone coming, you would, you'd have to shout at the top of your lungs, unclean, right? right? So yeah. people knew not to come anywhere near you. And, and so w- where is the hope? Where's community? Where's connection? Where's anybody? You are really surrounded by the very people that have the same thing that you have. You're surrounded by death, mm-hmm. and it's not like you can build each other up, and it's—you guys are waiting. And it's interesting, too, here, because um, as we'll see in the text, this uh, colony of lepers, if you will, uh, is made up of both Jew, presumably, and a Samaritan, Yeah, which is interesting because obviously at that time— uh, the Yeah, they, they're supposed to hate each other. They did not get along. Uh, but it shows you the power of the condition that these people were in, that they no longer care about these cultural or uh, other differences. They're all in the same boat. They're all dying. And so those barriers have broken down. And they're really just in this survival mode mm-hmm. where they're all outcast together um, and kind of on on the same uh, uh, path here towards death. So. So you got these ten wall, uh, ten lepers walking, and they come across Jesus. First of all, Saint Luke doesn't explain how they know it's Jesus. I think that's really interesting, hmm. and I think it's more than uh, the Holy Spirit revealed it to them. Uh, there was something noticeable about Jesus. Was it the twelve disciples? Was it a crowd? Did they know, and they were just uh, close? I, I don't know, but. They know it's Jesus because they lift up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And then Jesus, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Okay, so in my mind's eye, I see this event happening. And again, they're able to know that this is Jesus. And again, I don't think it was this divine revelation. The spotlight of heaven was shining on Jesus. But they saw, 
have mercy upon us. That is a true cry for mercy, a, a true, we know you have healed people. We know you are something different. They don't claim Messiah. They don't claim God, but they do see that he's something different. He has authority. Yes, I like that. He has authority over their uh, leprosy, their disease, maybe even their, we can maybe go as far as saying their death. And he says, go to the temple, go to the priest. And I always wonder, how did they respond? Okay, we, we'll, we'll go. You know, I, I don't think there was, I mean, obviously we have no recorded conversation, but is it an immediate about face? Do they take a left? Do they take a right? You know, I, I don't know which way they had to travel. But notice there's no opposition. Mm -hmm. It's, okay, he said so. I don't know what they expected. And I think that's interesting because we're going to struggle with the question of faith. Why did they feel the need to go to the temple at Jesus' command? Mm -hmm. I, I really don't know. And I'm really asking. I'm not trying to pick anything. Well, and I want to probe into that a little more because um, given the timing here in the text, Jesus tells them to go to the temple. And then in the next part here, it says, as they went, mm -hmm. they were cleansed. So it's not, uh, as far as I can tell, Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests of the temple. And at that point, they were healed and they could go, okay, that makes sense. Right. We're cleansed now, we'll go. It's as they were on the way, right. they are cleansed. So yes, they left Jesus. Yes. And, but the point there also being, it wasn't an immediate, um, they are cleansed, so now they see they're different, and now they go. They go at Jesus' command, mm -hmm. and on the way, they are cleansed. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. And I really, I don't know what to make of it. Because again, what did they expect? Was this the hopeless act? Well, it can't hurt. Might as well go. Or, you know what? He's done all these amazing things. I know he means well, and I'll be healed either now, later, or maybe I have to do something and the priest knows something. Or maybe the priest will do something when right. I get there, something. Yeah. I, I really do think that they expect something to happen. To what extent, I don't know. Neither does the text show us. Then, uh, verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. So, we have no idea how long, how far did they get? Mm. Was, you know, was there like a hill? Was this past the horizon? Was this out of earshot? I have no idea. Because the text makes it sound like he turned around. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, this happened. I got to turn right back. I have no idea how far they got. Yeah, I've never really thought about um, the distance that that's in between leaving to go to the temple, right. realizing he's cleansed, mm -hmm. and then turning back to go back to Jesus. I've never really well, thought and, about that. And not only, you know, continuing just with practical aspects, there's 10 of them, and one of them stops and turns around, and nobody notices. Hey, wh where, where did Bob go? You know, do they just keep on walking or, you know, I'm curious about that too. Yeah, perhaps just too overjoyed with, what's taking place yeah. that they're <laughs> they're so caught up in in their physical cleansing mm -hmm. that they they don't notice or they don't care or 
And what I think have that's you. really fair. Yeah. And so, yeah, he the, this man turns around and goes back to, to Jesus and then does the interesting thing, falls before him, falls on his face at Jesus' feet. This is a posture of worship. This is an act of worship. This is also making a very clear statement that wasn't made before. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Giving him a title and honor of being somebody and something different but this act is completely different because it's saying, I am worshiping you. I am elevating. And, and it's not that uh, this leper then, because he worships, Jesus is God. But it is totally response. And there's 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 now teeth behind his title that yes. he gives to Jesus as master. Not only is he calling him master before with the rest of the group, but now um, he's living out that he believes there's something special about this Jesus. Well, and this something special is truly the act of God because you only worship God. And even a Samaritan will understand this. And I, again, I think that that's interesting. And I know I'm throwing that phrase around a lot. But the, the immensity of this, it's not a willy-nilly act. He falls down and worships. And, and Jesus answered him, we're not ten cleansed? And I want to be very careful with this. You know, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? He's not throwing the nine under the bus. He's making a statement. Did this not happen to everybody? Mm -hmm. And you're the only one? And on top of that, you're a foreigner? And he's making a statement, and this is showing, and this is for us. We, we have Scripture recorded for our benefit, the strengthening of our faith. And it's just interesting. The true outsider who doesn't get where proper worship is, where the proper Messiah is coming from, he gets it. And I'm going to make a confession. Nothing angers me more than other people who get Lutheranism before me. <laughs> so other denominations or uh, converts who get what uh, we're all about uh, more so than I, a lifelong Lutheran, you know, I, I get it first, then you. Uh, you know, it's like there's foreign countries, specifically Africa, they're sending us missionaries now. <laughs> you know, and, and it's kind of... We absolutely need it, but then out of arrogance, it's like, no, we send you mm -hmm. messengers. He gets it more than these nine. And again, before we pushed record, we were arguing this point, faith. Does this Samaritan have more faith than the nine? And his faith led him to where God is in Christ? Mm -hmm. And does that mean the nine didn't have faith? What, what do you do with that? Well, one of the things we were really struggling with on this is um, the other nine, along with the Samaritan, they went and did what Jesus said. It was a command. It was a command. He told them to go to the temple. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like they're disobeying Jesus, um, but here we have the Samaritan going, uh, I don't know if above and beyond is the right word, but he, he's doing something different than the others. And we're, we're trying to figure out here, is that uh, 
revelatory of, of something that he possesses the other nine do not, uh, or, or do they all have faith? And that's really where the, the rub is here, because we're not really sure. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Is it wrong for them to go to the temple? Um, it depends. Well, let me, let me go even further. I, I, is it wrong for them to take Jesus at his word and command? Go no. to the temple. Yeah, there I would say no, um, but but then, wait, wait. But then, is it wrong for this one guy not to obey Jesus and turn around? Maybe he was going to go after he came back to see Jesus. I don't know. And, and I, um, with his line of questioning, I, I don't like it because then it's an if-then statement. I did this. I got this. It becomes uh, transactional, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting. And I think it actually goes to. Where is your faith? Yeah, and one thing I'll say kind of <laughs> in defense of the nine that went to the temple is uh, we're assuming, again, they're, they're Jews, and so they're following the law of Moses, mm-hmm. the Levitical law that had been in place for however many hundreds and hundreds of years, that if you're cleansed yeah. of something, you, you go from unclean to clean, you have to first go to the priest and they verify, make right. sure that's actually the case. But then in thankfulness, you have to give an, a, a sacrifice mm-hmm. to show that everything's square and everything's all good now. So uh, it's almost like they're going to the temple to fulfill this law right. of Moses mm-hmm. that had been standing for so long. Um, but it's almost like you have the Samaritan who's who's looking at every, everything with, with different eyes, yes. with fresh eyes. That the law of Moses, while he may be aware of it, mm. he might know that that's the Jewish custom. Uh, something is is more important in the here and now, and that's to worship this Jesus who has cleansed him. So, in other words, he, he's putting a little more focus on the one who actually did the cleansing, as opposed to what you were supposed to do if you became clean again. Just a thought. No, I I appreciate that because again. The authority and power, I like what you said, the teeth behind Jesus' title of master. Mm-hmm. Jesus masters this disease, masters life, masters death, and he recognizes this, and, and that's phenomenal. And the other nine, they don't recognize this. And is that wrong? Yes. Yes, it's wrong. But is it, you know, this damnable offense? They miss Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and we can't overstate that point enough. Mm -hmm. But now with that, they're doing what they think they should be doing. This is the act that we're supposed to do. And and Jesus and other uh, healings, go show yourself to the priest. Jesus is a good Jew, and he's still showing us, but he's showing himself as the fulfillment Mm -hmm. of this law. And this is something that these nine miss. Yes, we will go see the law as it's been fulfilled in Christ. And where do you go? Do you go to the law or do you go to the one who fulfills it? Mm-hmm. And of course, we with New Testament eyes and seeing the whole picture, where do I throw these nine under the bus? But I, I really agree with how you painted the picture. They're doing what they've been told, taught. That's their ritual. That's their uh, liturgy. That's their worship. And to have something new come out that disrupts that mm-hmm. as the fulfillment. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. And I, I think that's really interesting and neat because we, even today, we don't lose the law. 
we participate in the law as it's fulfilled. And I think this kind of goes to the the interesting point that you and I were talking about. Where are these nine men? Where did they put their faith? Mm-hmm. In the guy who fulfilled the law or the law itself? And it's easy to say the law. And then with that, and again, I liked what you said earlier, um, the act of healing and the act of t- returning mm-hmm. go hand in hand. And I, I thought that was amazing because, yes, this one guy was healed physically, but spiritually he had the gift of eternal life bestowed upon him, and he worshipped the source, mm-hmm. worshipped the fulfillment. And again, I, I think I'm pushing a little bit on this. I mean, he's obviously worshipping God, but why? Well, and and to that point, what is— God himself, God in the flesh, say to this man at the very end of our reading, uh, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. So, um, and especially for a Samaritan, that might be something that's totally different for this man now. Whereas the Jewish nine, you could say, well, they had faith. Mm -hmm. And now we know it's a little misplaced because they're missing the point of who Jesus is. But for this one who returned, his faith has saved him. And that faith is what caused him to return to the source of the one who saved him. Um, so, yeah, there's and there's a good Thanksgiving tie-in there here um, for us today, too, who, who, again, are without God. We have nothing to offer. We are in a hopeless situation, mm-hmm. dead in our sin and trespasses, until one pulled us out of our death, out of our sin. And that, of course, is Jesus uh, baptized into Christ. We have been redeemed, and so now we get to live as God's people. And that's where I think we get, we have a nice little connection to what you're saying here. As God's people, with saving faith, we nurture that faith. Mm-hmm. We return to God's Word, return to His church to hear God's Word and hear those promises renewed. And that's that idea of coming back to the source of all things, the source of all goodness and mercy, as we kind of see this one leper do here. Absolutely. And unlike the leper, it's, and I think you said it really well, it's not a one and done. And you were making mention of the, it's a continual coming again and again. Because unfortunately, we are in Christ that one who returns. And in our sinful nature, those nine who continue to seek other ways of fulfilling. And and I'll tie this into Thanksgiving again here for just the American context. Um, Thanksgiving can be a wonderful holiday, Mm -hmm. but typically what you do is you get together— and you're, you're super grateful for all that you have. Many families even do the practice where you, you go around the table and say something you're thankful for. And that's a great thing. This is a great practice. But then how quickly do we forget to continue to be thankful? Uh, and that's, yeah, I did it the one day. It's, that's yeah. enough. So that's kind of the idea here where it's a, it's a return. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a continual thanksgiving for what God has done. I think that is really well said, and it puts in perspective what we are, who we are, and more importantly, whose we are as we live a thankful life. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. 
I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.